Today's anecdotal experience podcast is sponsored by Gmail. Are you still on Hotmail? I remember when Hotmail was hot. Everybody had a Hotmail.com account. Remember when MSN was a search engine? Man the future is now. And the past was then. Hey, it's the Anecdotal Experience Podcast. Today's guest, Greg Waite. Greg's been on the podcast. I was thinking about it. Greg's, Greg was on the podcast coming up on three years ago. That's not true. It's really two and a half years ago. But that's crazy. I've been doing this forever. It's good to have him back. We talk about... Uh, he moved to um, New York City from Cincinnati, Ohio. We both... Lived there for a while. We were friends. I miss him. Today we're talking about that kind of experience. The comparison of the two. Of uh, Cincinnati and New York City. Doing comedy. Doing anything artistic. What's it like? Changing places. And then also I want to say. At the end of this podcast. It just kind of ends abruptly. uh, Because I split this into three different podcasts. Because I wanted to. Because I'm going on vacation. So... Yeah, they're all different subjects. You don't, it's not like part one, part two, part three. You can listen to them in different orders. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Let's do this with my friend, Greg Wade. So, I want to talk, we can talk about your early sexual experiences later but let's start i want to start with like what your experience has been like kind of like when you were in cincinnati and like starting to do comedy and then um you making the leap and moving to new york because you've been there for how long like two years yeah so i don't know i kind of want to talk to you about that like what like when you became passionate about it uh and are you still passionate about it did you become more passionate about it when you moved to new york um because i remember talking to you uh, just to like spring your memory you told me like when you started doing comedy you were more excited about the aspect of like having friends and having something that was fun to do in your life do you remember talking about that you were like oh i'm just because you worked at uh you worked at what the financial what was it in covington yeah i worked at fidelity fidelity yeah and you were you just told me like i was just i'm just excited to go somewhere and not, like no you were really excited about making friends do you remember that no yeah and you, uh i don't i kind of don't believe you no yeah you were hype on it you were hype on like having a community of people to hang out with i mean i might have thought that was cool and I, I still do think like the covenant of comedians is interesting. Yeah. But I wasn't. That's not like why I got into comedy. I wasn't like, oh, I need, I need people to hang. I've always had like a big group of friends. Okay. What? Well, then what was it? What got you hype on it? Uh, I mean, I love. I, I wanted the being a comedian is the first thing I ever wanted to be. Like when I was five years old and. Uh, I, uh, 
I'm really surprised to hear you say that I said that. I mean, I believe you that I said that, but I think either I was really drunk and or uh, you misunderstood what I was saying. No, I don't miss. I'm. Anyway. You misunderstood. No, I think, you, you know what? Maybe it was like something that you were excited about and like somewhere you could go and you had a thing. So you that, were, yeah. That that part of it makes sense. I mean, my my other friends are all like really into music and in Cincinnati they're like like at one point they weren't they were heavily involved in the music scene. Like they ran a house venue that got a write up on Rolling Stone and all of the people that would go through motor and drinkery and everything would also go to that house venue and they uh they all have bands and they're all part of that scene. And I was, I was really into music for a while. I like played guitar and shit, but then I fell out of it. I, I just lost interest or whatever. And, uh, so going to watch, you know, some local band play music while everyone's on drugs and getting drunk stopped being interesting to me. And I was, I was looking for, I mean, I always wanted to stand up again. But I, I was looking for something to spend my time on and devote myself to that wasn't music, I guess. Uh, but I always wanted to do stand-up. I just didn't think of stand-up as like something that was possible. It was like the it was the, it was like being an astronaut, you know. It's like man, that'd be great to go to space, but you know who gives a shit? Like that, it'd be great. That'd be fine. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I do, I do, and I still, honestly, all right, I'm going to throw this at you, and this is going to sound horribly negative, but I still think it's that. Even, like, I, like, two years into comedy, I realized that it is like being an astronaut. Like, yeah. sure, like, you can get, a, like, you can get up and, like, do comedy at a bar to, like, deaf ears, and you know, like you can do. It's not comedy, though. That, no, that's it's my not. that's my argument. Is like I did a lot of what I called comedy for two years, uh, but in reality, it was like it was a lot of me talking into a microphone to literally no one. It, it, like if I really broke it down, it was not what I imagined stand-up comedy was when I was fifteen. It was uh-huh. very much, it, I, it just was a weird thing where it's like, yeah, someone's going to let me talk into a microphone for five minutes and maybe someone hears it. Like, I still think it's like being an astronaut because it's still, I never really felt like I was a comic, you know, only when I would no, do a me club, either, dude. you know. Um, however, so like you were asking I guess you wanted to lead up to this a little bit, but that touches on, to me, the biggest difference between being in Cincinnati and being in New York is like, I've seen people become astronauts. Like I have a friend, I mean, we weren't like, I have an acquaintance who I saw regularly at Mike's and at shows and shit. And he just got into just for laughs. Like, yeah, that's something I saw happen. And, and I, I've seen people get uh, TV deals and I've seen people, you know, like, TJ Miller stops by the Creek sometimes and he's, you know, uh, persona non grata right now or whatever, but yeah. like it, 
that was a, it, it was weird seeing TJ Miller do the same show that I was doing. And like the astronauts are right there. So that's like, I don't know. It, it feels closer and farther away at the same time. Like uh, it's right next to you, but it's hard to, it's hard to really imagine it happening still or almost even more so because it's so close and still like there's, I just don't see the path towards it, you know? Yeah. There's, there does, there's no path, it seems like. Really? But I def- Even in New York, I definitely, you, you struggle to see the path. Yeah, I mean, especially in New York. Like, in, in Cincinnati, like, there's a really defined path, I think. Like, you do the Go Bananas open mic, and eventually you... Uh, open the go bananas open mic and then eventually after doing that enough times you feature or you right. uh whatever get a weekend like there's that there's that clear path but in new york it's like you just have to make something that gets people's attention and i hate social media i think youtube is stupid and i like i don't know i can't I, i'm not sure what i would have to do or what i'm going to have to do if i if i really want to pursue it like part of me is is interested in doing it as just like a hobby like that doesn't sure that's not the end of the world for me which uh you know i don't know but i still have the same passion i still like have the same romantic feelings about it that i had when i was you know five years old or whatever like when you when you do you you were talking about how you spent two years doing what you call comedy but wasn't uh but like there, there are moments, aren't there, where it's just pure magic. Like when you really feel connected with the crowd and like, especially when you're saying things off the top of your head and it really connects. Like I feel like that's, uh, I don't know if it's worth all the misery, but it feels like it is at the time. Yeah. Like as soon as that happens, it's like this is why I'm doing it, right? Dude, okay. Yeah, I should have. I should have, I have two points to bring up on what you just said. Um, I'll just go with what you just said right now. First is that's a very good thing to bring up because yes, I did have moments of, wow, I'm a god right now. Like (laughs) everything I say is funny. I'm the next, you know, whoever. I'm the next Louis C.K., you know, I'm Uh whoever. I'm the guy up here. Um, and, but the, but what you said is, is it worth what I'm doing? Is it worth the time I'm invested for these moments of, Mm. um, whatever? And, you know, and like, I guess I got to the point where I was like, oh, it's not, especially moving out here to LA, um, and doing open mics. I just found myself, you know, I was like trying to make friends, but it really, to me, I was like, okay. This isn't worth it to me. This isn't worth my time. Uh, I got to figure something else out because this is not like, you know, I'm driving to an open mic and parking my car for 10 bucks and waiting for two hours for three to five minutes of stage time. I was like, okay, I got to regroup and figure out what I want to do because I can't do this. Like, I don't like this. I don't like spending my entire evening waiting and paying for parking and then sitting in traffic it was so I had to I had to regroup because I was like, oh, I don't like stand up this much. So I had to come up with something else to do 
because I realized I don't like stand up enough to go through this. Yeah, and I'm not even sure that that's the way, man. Like, it, a lot of people seem to make it sound like it is just grind, 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 grind open mics until you bleed, and then uh, you'll, you know, things will happen. But I'm not, I'm not convinced that that's how it works. Like, the the people I've seen that are successful, they work in clubs quickly. So like, uh, or they or they create something that like they just make a, an animated TV show or they they make a web series or some shit like that. Like, it, open mics does seem like kind of a dead end to me. They're they're like an essential part of it, but if they're and for me they've been all of it. Like I I have a few shows sometimes, but they aren't. They're just little shitty little bar shows with five people. They right. aren't. They don't lead anywhere. Uh, the the way to do it seems to be to create some to create a show that's interesting or to have you you have to get people's attention in a way that isn't you know you you, you can't really be funny in two minutes and that's most of the open mics here. Like you you can be kind of funny, but you're not. No one's gonna see you do two minutes of comedy and be like, I want to put this guy on a show that will matter, you know, like you have to, it's something else. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is. And I'm, I'm in a regrouping stage too, but you sound a little more disenchanted with it than I do. That was, yeah. Than I feel. Oh yeah, for, for sure. But I, I think that what you just said brings me back to the second point I was going to bring up is it's not like in Cincinnati, there, it's almost like being a doctor, right? It's almost like there is a structure, there is a pattern, mm. there is a hierarchy, and you work your way up. You do open mm. mics, you do the pro am long enough until you're good enough. Um, you know, the booker books you to host. You do that for three or four years till you're good enough, and then he asks you to feature. But and that's it. Like that's the road, and it's yeah. it's structured, and people love it. They're like, I know what I have to do. And I will get there. I just got to keep mm-hmm. grinding. But I think you get to a city like Los Angeles or New York, and it's like, who cares? There's no structure. Just some people get yeah. it, some people don't. You don't work your way up. If you're good enough, you figure it out. It requires a lot more ingenuity on your own part to figure out, oh, how am I going to blaze my own trail? Because there is no. Well, there is a system, but it's far more difficult to make through than it is in Cincinnati. So a lot of it's like, it, there's. I think L.A. is way more for people, or New York is is way more for people who are inclined to be like, I don't want to pay my dues. I want to just figure out, like, how I'm going to do this. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but... I, I object a little bit to I'm not I don't want to pay my dues like I don't think it's possible to make it in New York or LA without paying your dues. Um, it's just that your your dues are higher like you and it's more it's less of a fill out this checklist and it's instead it's like you have to figure out a way to like genuinely stand out you have to really connect with people and you have to you're running your own business really when you're out here and in cincinnati you're working for go bananas essentially or you know funny bone or whatever like you're working for somebody but in new york or i assume it's the same way in la 
you have to figure out how to get customers. It's your job. It's not anyone else's job to bring people to shows. That's your job. You have to create the show. You have to be a draw. And all of that is yours. And you you said, and I, I said the same thing, like there is a, a defined path through Cincinnati in order to be a comedian that gets paid money. Mm-hmm. But like... Dude, where does that where does that really lead? You feature at Go Bananas. What does that mean outside of Go Bananas? I mean, I feel like I don't know. It, mean, it does mean I, yes. something. No, but I don't. Yeah, I I think it's you know if you spend five years in Cincinnati doing that system and grinding and whatever, I still feel like you're more or less restarting and you're still having to learn all of those skills I was just talking about, like with being a business owner in in whatever bigger market you go to. Like, I don't, dude, you, I you have a yes. little bit of tool, you have a little bit of capital, like maybe you have a good tape or whatever, but it doesn't, it, being just in Cincinnati doesn't seem to really lead anywhere. I, there are like four or five exceptions. No, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. Um, and I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to turn this into Cincinnati bashing, but <laughs> I will. But I'm going to say, man, like there are people that have been there for too long. They've been there for way too long. And you're right. There is a ceiling and there is a very it's a low ceiling. So yeah. it's it's this thing where, yeah, you can only really go so far Because when you move, it's not like you're, you know, if you win Funniest Person in Cincinnati contest, the people that win that are very funny. But then you got it, you know, then you want to, if you want to move to a city where you can actually, if you want to leverage it into getting an agent or getting noticed by someone that produces or anything, you got to move to a city where those people are. And when you move to that city, okay, Josh O'Neill, for example, Josh O'Neill is hilarious. He's very funny. And not only he's good at writing sketch stuff, and he's also just good at being a stand-up comic. He's a, uh, for people Mm -hmm. listening, he's a stand-up comedian in Cincinnati, just one funniest person in Cincinnati, and he's very funny. Oh, hey, good for him. Yeah, he's great. And, And if he moves to New York, he's going to be starting from basically scratch you i'm sure he's got a lot of connections there people he knows but those people are struggling to get to their goals too so it's it really is this thing it's like man at some point you've got to figure out how you're going you got to be that businessman you got to figure out oh at some point josh o'neill i believe has reached as high as he can go in cincinnati so he has to figure out how am i going to take this and move it to a place where i need to be my own be my own business. Yeah, I mean, it just... Uh, so, I don't know. I, I'm i conflicted a little bit, and I, I'm realizing I don't know really what I'm talking about. No, you do. Go <laughs> okay. Say whatever you say. If but, you regret it, uh, just go back to it. But yeah, like, if Josh O'Neill moved to New York right now, or if he stayed in Cincinnati for three more years, uh, it would staying in Cincinnati at this point for Josh means he's just like wasting time. It seems to me. I, I uh, believe so. I believe so. And I, yeah, I, I should and, tell and him that. There is, there is part of me that wishes I'd stayed in Cincinnati longer. Like if I could, I mean, there were other circumstances. Like I kind of got 
thrown to New York like before I meant to. Sure. What is um, that though? What it, what what makes you say you wish you would have stayed in Cincinnati longer? What would you well, like to have accomplished? I don't know, and I I mean even as I say that, like I don't know how big a difference it would have made, but there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely felt that way when I first got here because I felt like I needed to grow more. But, dude, you can grow anywhere. Like, it, it, you're just putting off the time you're going to make connections. So I'm obviously ambivalent about this. But No, it uh, makes sense. We're all ambivalent about uh, everything. Yeah, but uh, it does seem to me like you got to... <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to. No, you're saying you're saying very profound things, and I I do oh, agree because people do say that. People say, I mean, I when I used to do comedy, I used to listen to people talk about podcast, like real comedians talking about, oh, I, this I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. And like the general thing is, they tell you get good where you are and then move to a city where people might notice you, which I do agree mm-hmm. with. Um, and I would only say get good in that city because it's probably cheap as fuck to live there. So go yeah, live that, there. That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> go live in a large okay. city and get better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, uh, I feel like you get better faster in New York too, though. Both because there's so much more stage time. It's all short, but like if you're, grinding in new york you can get up for 20 minutes a night just from open mics like if you really work your ass off but in cincinnati you can get up maybe like five minutes most nights zero minutes like at least two or three nights a week right and you know maybe 10 or 15 on a good night um so just by nature of the time you can spend on stage but also like you can watch comedy like most of the most of the clubs here will, you just say you're a comedian and they let you watch. So you can watch, you know, people that are making good money off of it. I see fucking uh, Kurt Metzger or whatever. Uh, I saw saw Hannibal Burris for free. You know, I saw Rod Carmichael for free. There's just a lot more, the feeling of competition is greater. Like you're right next to those people that are, way out of reach but they're they're right fucking there like it, it, it makes you work harder yeah no i i think so and i think to your or to your earlier point too i think the idea of you're making connections with people um is very important like i've noticed that you know just in what i've been doing because i mean i'm still in entertainment you know i'm still pursuing goals i'm not doing stand-up anymore but i'm doing them in a different way um and even I'll bring it to like even girls I'll meet on like Bumble or Tinder or something like I'll meet girls who are in the industry, you know, Yeah. and provided I'm not a complete asshole to them. They're my like now they're a connection I have, you know, and the sure, lot, dude. yeah, like a lot of these girls work in the industry. So you're making friends with people who are also in the industry. So you have these connections with and I think everyone would agree in any sort of business you're in your connections and your network of people who don't think you're an asshole and think you're nice to work with is invaluable. For sure, dude. For sure. I got, uh, I'm, I'm hearing myself. I got some echo. Oh, how long have you had the echo for? 
Uh, like 30 seconds. Okay, yeah, don't worry about it. Okay, but it's disorienting. Deal with it. Uh, all right. This is uh, classic Greg Joey now. Uh, if it's too bad, <laughs> let me know. We'll figure it out, but it'll probably go away. All right. Um, what was I thinking? What, were you, what did you just say? Oh, yeah, the bumble shit. Yeah. It's too bad, dude. I can't do this. Okay. Let me... I'm going to turn you down and then turn you up. All right, say some stuff. What's up? All right, cranking it. All right, say some more stuff. Some more stuff. Is that better? No. It's worse? It's like after I... It's like a three-second delay. Three seconds? How is it now? Yeah. Same. Same? Yeah. Maybe it's your phone, dude. I mean, that's possible. Uh, You're still getting it right you now? want to hang up and call back? Yeah, yeah dude. Let's try it. All right. One sec. That was it. That was the Anecdotal Experience Podcast. But next week, you'll hear us talk about... Uh, great, man, this is... I'm, I'm going to save the intro. Uh, but we go in a completely different direction. And then... The following week, you're going to hear the direction we went after that, which is more similar. Why am I describing this? See you next week. Bye. I love you. Kisses. Peace.